Hello everyone and welcome back to the Underground Mess Hall, Finn McHale here. And today we're lucky enough to not only get a chapter review of chapter 52, but also chapter 53 of Record of Ragnarok this month, since we got a double chapter drop. Awesome. So to get started, chapter 52, Light and Shadow, opens up with the still stalemate slash aftermath of the last attack of Budo running the Salakaya's Praetor Realm form of his Six Paths staff into Hajun while Hajun ran him through with his little pole arm arm thing <laughs> blade. That's the only way to describe it because Hajun is insane. So as we see, Hajun starts to grimace, not in pain, but a frustration, looking at Buddha just sneering and smiling at him. So they separate, and so Hajim begins to mutter to himself, you know, I don't get this. I've run him through his abdomen. He's still able to wield his scythe. You know, I, I don't get how he still has this insane reserve of energy. And so Buddha just looks up at him and goes, what are you scared with a shit-eating grin and only one good eye? And Hajim goes, you really think I'm scared of you? Hold your horses, buddy. I found the perfect soil. I'm the perfect being. I'm going to surpass my past self. And so we get a flashback to when Hajun destroyed half of Helheim. And so he over narrates it by saying it will not be like that time. And we see in his past form, his arm falls off and he exclaims that, damn it, you know, my own body can't withstand my incredible strength. This taps into a theory I po poised, posed on Reddit in that I think Hajun had an unstable body or his host was unstable. This doesn't give a lot of clarity as to what the deal was, but the general idea of his prior body being unstable is true here and confirmed. Basically, he had so much power, he couldn't handle it. And so this is why Zerofuku was needed. We'll talk about that later, though, in another episode. And so we cut back, and so Hajun goes, you know, I never fear the likes of you. And so, but before he can even finish, Buddha just goes, I knew it, you're weak. And Hajun gets caught off. He's like, I I'm weak? And Buddha goes, yeah, you're way weaker than Zero, dude. Hajun stands up straight and is like, huh? So in order to recompose himself, he smiles and he starts laughing. He goes, well then, you know, you need to show me. And so he launches into, you know, a nonstop assault. Buddha, you know, he's getting engulfed in this. Heim is exclaiming, it's like being swallowed in the fires of hell. And the Buddhists in the crowd are praying for his safety. Gel is like, oh no, Buddha. And we see Ares goes, he can't use his future vision. He sustained like really deadly and fatal injuries. It seems like it's over. And Hades goes, eh, what a fool. And Ares just agrees with him. He's like, you know, it. I agree he's a fool, but it's going to hurt me to lose a man like Buddha. While Hades just counters and laughs, and he's like, hey, big dummy, you're the fool. You know, look at his eyes. He hasn't given up. And Hermes and Zeus chime in that he's going to try a one-shot comeback move. You know, and it's this one, and they say it's a one-shot comeback with the Samsara move. We get back to the fight. They're taking large swipes at each other. Buddha dodges one large swipe, recomposes himself. And Hajun's still amazed that he can stand and compose himself. And so 
Buddha's got the shit-eating grin still and goes, come on. We cut back to the other gods and we see Hades, in reference to Hodgins, say he's not acting much like the Beast of Helheim. You know, he's actually afraid. And we cut to an inner monologue, or in, not really inner monologue, but the inner voice of Hajin going, what's going on? I I'm the supreme being, you know. Nay, 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 nay. And so he rips off his arm and turns it into a sword. And this, we get this funny scene of Ares going, what? You know, eyes bugging out. And so what he takes it is he puts it between the bicep, which he didn't rip off, and this is his left arm that he's reconfiguring into a sword. And so he pulls it through and reconfigures it into a sword. So, and then he exclaims after doing this, I'm the demon lord of the sixth heaven, Hajun. And thus goes into attacking him. They both charge into each other, Buddha unleashing the karma-destroying samsara cycle, while Hajun swings the blaze of glory. And it cuts through the Sixth Realm staff in its scythe form, and everybody's shocked. You know, the blade is cut, it shatters, Buddha goes, oh shit, you gotta be kidding me. And then it reverts back to its original form, Gel points this out, and so Hajun goes for divine retribution, This and he uses the staff Buddha does to protect him, and then it shatters. And it rips off basically all his tank top and upper clothes at this point. Heimdall Lear exclaims, oh my god, the divine weapon, the six realm staff's been destroyed. And we just see Beelzebub, you know, with his little fruit basket, cutting into a pear and eating a piece of it, just smiling along and going, oh, so succulent, you know, just enjoying this, you know, not a lot of words from him. Gel exclaims, Buddha! You know, Brunhilde starts praying while muttering his name. We see Hajun walking towards him. Well, not really walking, but just pacing. And we see what looks like Buddha on the precipice of life and death being contacted by a ball of light. And he goes, what the? And realizes who it is. And so he goes and says, and starts just slowly laughing like, <laughs> And then he just erupts into laughter like, ha ha ha! Hajun thinks he's gone mad at this point. He's like, oh great, he's damn near dead, he's going mad. And Buddha sits up and he actually goes, I knew it, you know. You know what it takes to confront your own weakness? You know, you gotta fight back against your inexperience. And you gotta try and overcome it. You know, but he's questioning this at the same time. And he goes, it takes puberty. And you don't have that and that's why you're weak. And Hajun's caught off guard by this, you know, and we see a much more comical face from him than we've seen. And he is speechless, and he's like, ah. All of a sudden, everybody notices what's in Buddha's hand, and they exclaim, Oh my god, that's the handle of the misery cleaver. And Buddha, at the end, is going, Let's fight together, Zeru. Fates intertwine, activates Volan, but this Volan is called Divine Weapon Lotus. And so... Gel points out, you know, the Misery Cleaver's transforming again, and so Brunhilde goes through the tears that she's crying. No, rather, it's now become compassion instead of misery, and a new divine weapon's being born, and it's the ultimate one in which only someone who's attained great nirvana from the Pure Lands can create. And it turns into a 
For anybody who knows it, it's a seven-pronged sword, and it's called the Great Nirvana Sword Zero. And it has what looks like the characters for the Seven Lucky Gods kanji on it, which is really, really dope. Also, Buddha has let down his hair, and he just looks fucking ready to end this. And Hajun is like, hold on a second, what's going on? And we get a quick shot of Beelzebub, who's now really intrigued, and he's like, ooh, what's this? And Hajun's just annoyed, and he's like, what are you doing shining that damn thing on me? And so Buddha gets a practice swipe on it, and we see the image of the seven lucky gods behind the sword. Oh my god, it's like one of the best like scenes ever. I can't wait for this to get animated. It'll look so ethereal and dope. Hajun sees this, and he gets really fucking scared. And then Buddha goes, oh, I think you already know. Divine Retribution. And this is how chapter 52 ends. And so going into chapter 53, the path of light, this is where we get the end of this fight. And so Hamdalir begins this chapter by going, oh my God, the fierce melee breaks out, you know. And so they just get right into it, you know, new divine weapon, Buddha's taking on Hajun, all the the Buddhist monks and the three wise sages are going at it. They're like, yes, come on, you can hack them to bits, go back. You know, the whole crowd chanting, Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. And the narrator goes, everyone's crying out with their soul, praying for Buddha's victory. Their chants and cheers carrying with them the hopes of all humanity became one. And we see Sadarna in the crowd. And so we see these like rivers of energy just like flowing into Buddha, you know, it spiritually is what it looks like. And so then we cut back to Hajun just continually swinging the sword going, Damn it, damn it, damn it. Come on, dude. He was at death's door. You know, he was utterly powerless. He had no energy left. What is going on? How's he not afraid? He's not pleading for his life, and he can smile somehow. Why is he still able to fight against me? And like, what's wrong? So then Buddha asks, what's wrong? You seem to be really scared, aren't you, buddy? So they're hacking at each other, and they're actually getting blows off each other. And they're actually meaningful. Buddha's getting swipes across the chest. However, it's pointed out, you know, while he's going toe-to-toe with Hajun and everything, he's at a bit of a disadvantage because he's got wounds across the side, his shoulder, he's also missing his eye, he's got a foot wound. The odds are stacked more against Buddha. And so, we also see Buddha start to tremble in pain because of these wounds while they're going at each other and they're just trading off blows, and so... All of a sudden, we see Hajun wind up for the Blaze of Glory attack again. And then we also see, though, Buddha's able to block this. However, it aggravates his side wounds. And so he has to jump back a little bit. And so Hajun's going, be gone, man. However, with the prong shape of the sword, Buddha's able to deflect the blade and get another chest swipe at Hajun and catching him off guard. After this, you know, Buddha exclaims, you haven't gotten, or not not Hajun, he's not telling this to Hajun, he's just stating, I haven't gotten used to this depth perception, you know, since I've only got one eye. I wasn't able to go as deep as I wanted to. And this actually scares Hajun, and he says, it. he put everything he had to in that divine retribution blaze of glory strike. We cut back to the Greek gods, and Ares is like, Buddha's just unfathomable, oh my god. And Hermes says, That's true, but Buddha seems like he's going to be the first to reach his limit. 
And then Zeus chimes in and he says, I doubt Buddha's got that much strength left to take another attack from Hajim. And then Hades actually chimes in. And he says, he doesn't need to take it. He actually can just dodge it. That's all he's got to do. And everybody's going, how is he going to dodge that? Mainly Ares, because, you know, he's the wimpy guy. He's basically the gal of the gods. Like, ah! And we come back to Buddha, and all of a sudden, his eighth realm consciousness ability opens up, and we see a little white, you know, sliver move across, and he starts dodging Hajun's attacks while only receiving small nicks now instead of harder cuts. And Gel's like, huh, that's weird. They're starting to separate more and more. And Brunhilde all of a sudden realizes what's going on. His eighth consciousness, excuse me, eighth consciousness. I said eight realms earlier, whoops. But his eighth consciousness ability has come back. And that's because Hajun completely enveloped his soul in darkness. But as soon as he became afraid and started feeling emotion, Buddha was able to see his soul. That plays a major role, and all of a sudden we see the shakiness in Hajun's face while Buddha's got the shit-eating grin because he's like, I got him. And Ares exclaims he's one step ahead of Hajun, and Hajun's now just like, why? Come on, I'm the demon lord of the sixth heaven, I'm Hajun, I am the most supreme being in the entire world. And he's got like this wicked screw face because he's getting really frustrated and afraid. And he's like, Buddha, one like you can't exist in the same world as me. So he goes in for one more blaze of glory. And it looks like it actually goes down Buddha's right side. And everybody's shocked. And Hajun is like, Woohoo! Got him! However, you know, while he's exclaiming, Divine retribution for the win, we realize Buddha enabled an after image by moving so quickly. And everybody sees this and is like, Oh no, Hajun's so scared he can't move. And we get this phrase from the, oh, what is it? They say it in the chapter, from the Sutta Nipata, chapter one. We get this passage while we see Buddha rearing up this attack. In the, in the words of the exalted sage, unstartled like a lion at sounds, unsnared like the wind in a net, unsoiled like a lotus in water. Like the horn of the rhinoceros, walk alone. However, should you find a companion who, upon whose soul you can rest yours, then across all manner of adversity, brimming with joy, walk with him. And we see through this narration of this passage, Buddha winds up, swings, Hajun tries to recuperate and slash back or block this attack, and the attack gets announced. Great reincarnation sword, Zero. And Buddha starts talking to Zedro, and he's like, can you see this? This is our path. Let's go together. Swings down. Blade of the Celestial Eyes Awakening, Mahapari Nirvana. And it wrecks Hajun's shit. And you just see this geyser of blood back out. Hermes, Zeus, Ares, Loki, and Hugin and Moonen are going crazy. Wicked screw faces like, oh, that was some hot shit. While Hades and Odin, more Hades is just like, well, shit. There goes Hajun. And Gel and Brunhilde are hugging. We see the other human combatants going, yes. And we see the total damage. Hajun can still talk. His arm's been cut through and his chest has been vivisected or bisected. And he starts falling apart to the ground. 
everyone's going, yes, Buddha won. Buddha, Buddha. But then Hajun tries to swipe back at him and going, damn you. However, he starts collapsing. Oh my God, it's just amazing. Well, actually, what before he starts collapsing, Buddha just simply turns at him and says, well, he actually doesn't say anything, excuse me. But Hajun goes, I'm the demon lord of the sixth heaven, starts crumbling away. And so Buddha looks on and says, Zero, it's over. And we see him look out into the sky. And we actually see Zero's soul start running away when he was a child. And Buddha notices and he goes, Zero. Zero turns around, gives him two thumbs up, big smile, and runs to the, uh, to the seven lucky gods. The seven gods of fortune, I mean. And Buddha starts crying, and he goes, damn, that's cool. Awesome. He's like, I'll see you later, Zero. The winner's announced. The winner of round six is the Buddha. And so it's now all tied up, three to three. And so the final card of the chapter says, Zero Fuku Hajun. Or no, excuse me. Zero Fuku transforms into Hajun versus Buddha. Match time, 21 minutes, 37 seconds. Deciding move, Mahapati Nirvana, winner, the Buddha. Woo! Talk about a chapter. And not just a chapter, but two chapters. I'm really glad that it ended in two more chapters because I didn't want this to drag on because I felt like there would have been a lot lost, especially with the impact. With that said, I do think... It's really cool to see that the seven lucky gods made an appearance again. And that's really interesting to me because I would like to know more about, you know, how the soul splitting thing works. But also, I'm going to reserve a lot of these, you know, post review thoughts for another episode. And that is. The whole thing about Hajun finding the perfect soil and Beelzebub picking Zerofuku because there's a lot more to unpack now that we have confirmation that Hajun needed a new vessel because he was just that powerful. But I don't want to go too in-depth with it because it seems like there had to be a purpose. And also, there was that one line that Bishamonten said when they first went to the Seven Lucky Gods where he said, Man, if we had gone out of control, we would have destroyed the whole world. I do want to delve into that, but I'm going to leave it for here now. We don't know who the next combatants are, but I'm really interested to see. And with that said, this has been a Bandolier Core production. Finn McHale, signing out.